0: side for Elwood. Number
1: will score. Elwood scores. Newcastle and one. But Elwood gets a score. Big one. Hotspur fair well. And he's in it.
2: He's got the field goals. He's he has gone from as I said, a captain to a legend and
3: probably rugby league immortality. That's not a try, that's a miracle. Right weekend of footy. But let's get straight into it, shall we? Uh, Ash Taylor. He hasn't officially retired yet. That's why I haven't posted anything on the uh, socials. But it looks like he's going to retire due to a hip injury. This is a, a mixed one for me because the first thought I had was, fuck, what a career that could have been. But then you take a step back and go, but really? Like, he played a bunch of NRL. He played some really good footy. You know, it's going to sound cliche, but be happy that it happened rather than it didn't happen. That's, that's the way I see the Ash Taylor. Like, yes, okay, he had a lot of potential. And maybe the Titans being there didn't help, you know, him fulfill his potential. And it was a mixture of being at the Titans, but also him, you know, not fulfilling his potential. But at the same time, it's like, hang on a sec. This bloke played a bunch of NRL, like, what, 150 games, played a lot of good games as well. Like, yes, he had seasons where he's a little bit quiet, but he has a, a solid highlight package. I think he should be super fucking proud of his career. And if you're judging it by, you know, if you take away the fans' judgment or whatever and you just judge your own achievements, I think he should be fucking incredibly proud.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember seeing Ash Taylor when he was 16 and I don't know if I've ever seen a more complete halfback at that age. Mm. He was just insane. And he came in with so much pressure on him. Obviously, he was at Brisbane, left Brisbane, went to the Titans. Uh, it hasn't panned out as we expected. But as you said... Playing one game of first grade is an unreal achievement. Mm. To knock up 150, ah, incredible. So congratulations to Ash. Sad that it ended the way it did. I was really looking forward to him arriving at the Warriors. I thought we might see uh, a corner turned here. I thought the games
3: he played, especially one of them, I thought he looked good. I thought we were looking at a guy that had, you know, would he reach the heights that we thought? Maybe not. But I thought we were going to get a good, solid first grader at the end of his career. What do you think, Timmy?
4: Yeah, same as you boys, like very disappointing, sort of probably a a premature end to to his career but um, people will look at Ash Taylor's career and go, you know, he never hit the heights that we expected, he never hit the potential but... At the same time, like who's to judge potential and and how far a guy can or can't go and that sort of thing. I think it's, you know, obviously Roy's going to speculate, and say, oh, he could have been good enough to do this or that. But as you said, mate, a stack of first grade games, Mm. a lot of very good ones in there. He's made a career and a living out of it for many years now. Um, So as you said, I hope he looks, and I'm sure he will look back on it and go, mate, I've had a wonderful career. Um, Maybe it was a bit shorter than than it could have been due to injury, but mate, he should be very proud of what
3: he's done. Absolutely. uh, Just to correct myself, it was 116 in games. Maddie, what do you think, mate?
2: I remember when he came in in um, 2015 he played one game for Brisbane I think that's when he did the compound fracture to his hand I'm pretty sure but then yeah. 2016 that was um, when he played the full season for Gold Coast and Cleary played half a season for Penrith and it was those two going head to head for Dalian Rookie of the Year I think Ash Taylor won that um, yeah he uh, unbelievable player he's it's, it's, it's one of those guys that fell a victim to the to that price tag kind of thing when he got all that money at the Titans and that's what people decided to judge him off but He was a fantastic player. It's not like he's just faded out. He's got a career-ending injury, injury, which is highly unfortunate. I was really looking forward to seeing him play the Warriors. So, came out of nowhere pretty disappointing, but congratulations, Ash.
3: Yeah, and also, I think he deserves a massive rap for the way he handled himself with incredible amounts of pressure from the fans. Very easy for a young man to turn into a dickhead and go, fuck you, get bitter, get on the drink, carry on, be rude to journos. Because think about how under the pump this bloke was and it was he didn't sign himself like any look there people are going through much worse than ash taylor and yes he was on a million dollars but he's still a human being that you know you can doesn't matter how much money you have if you're getting pumped by the footy community it's going to be tough so i think yeah. he deserves a bit of respect he, you know he got to a point where he actually needed leave from the game because he was struggling yeah. so much with with the pressure and everything going on so yes obviously other people out there are doing a much tougher than ash but Respect where it's due, and I think he deserves a lot of respect for how he carried himself as a man. Um, and yeah, I think his career, personally, it's a mixture of yes, maybe personally he didn't reach the heights, but look at the period period that he was at the Titans. You know, a mixture of it is is the club wasn't going the best in the years that he was there. Do we really think the same thing would happen if he was at the Storm, if he was at the Roosters, if he was at the you know even the Broncos for that period? Um, so, look, I think he should be incredibly proud. Incredibly yeah, bad. I think he handled
0: himself very well at a time where he became the scapegoat for a lot of things going wrong at that club. Mm.
3: Whether it was fans, media, whatever it was, I think he got very Look how much better tried. they are roster-wise now, and we're seeing the same problems. Mm. Yep. That, so it's, yeah. you know...
4: Like Maddie saying, saying he fell victim to that uh, million dollar man, like the price tag and that sort of thing. Even in retirement, I saw um, different publications saying million dollar man Ash Taylor to It's Like, for God's sake, did, didn't he start on a training trial deal at the Warriors yep, temporarily yep. To, to earn his way into the squad? And he still retires as million dollar man. It's like give the kid a break.
3: Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy? So you you're right, Ash Taylor. The first uh, article is. Quotation marks, sad end to $3 million footy star's career. The next one, it's a sad end. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's only sad in, like, the, the difference is we're not talking about it sad as in, like, we're sad because we think Ash could have been so much more, and this injury has stopped him mm. from continuing to play footy. Um, so, mate, I think he should be super, super proud, and don't let, um, you know, Yeah. People on the internet just talk shit. They don't, they don't get, you know, he still put together some really, really good footy and he was the easy scapegoat for a club that had way more problems outside of him. That unfortunately, regardless, we've had a huge roster change and the club is still struggling at the moment. Um, so to say that he was the problem, it's like, no, actually clearly there was more problems in Nash. So as I said, incredible. I thought he had a great career and I think he's a great bloke as well. I've met him a couple of times, really nice, humble, young kid, uh, and he didn't let, he didn't let the, the negative energy kind of um, turn him into a, a worse person. And I thought when he was at the Warriors and he played those couple of games, I thought he looked really good. Like, yeah. really good. Uh, so, mate, congratulations, Ash on, Ash, on an incredible career. To play 120 games or 119 or 16 or whatever, it is not an easy feat. Like, the average games is like 41 NRL games. He doubled that. So, fucking good on him. Fucking good on him. Congratulations on the career, mate. Uh, now, speaking of the Gold Coast Titans... The great Fourier, he's uh, back in the headlines. Uh, he seems to have taken Ash Taylor's mantle as the guy to speak about from the Titans. Uh, look, I understand he's on a million dollars and that is always going to be taken into consideration. Some of it I feel is warranted, as in people that are genuinely looking at it going, is he giving worth a million dollars? People are doing that, I understand it. People, anyone that's going further than that, you're just carrying on. Uh, What do you guys think about the Fafita being moved to the bench? I've got a hot take on Fafita that I will give you, and I spoke to you, Gurino, about it uh, on the weekend. But, uh, Timmy, what do you think about the bench move?
4: Uh, Look, ultimately I'm not a big fan because he's so important to that team. You know, we spoke a bit about it last week, but he's a back rower who... uh, I shouldn't say he doesn't go looking for the ball. We, we spoke about how edge backers need to hold their shape and whatnot. Um, so when he plays 80 minutes, you know, he's not having necessarily 20, 25 runs or a stack of runs and tying himself out. So he, he can play 80. I don't hate the bench move as long as it's done right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he came on around about the 25-minute mark on the weekend. I'd be making sure that I got him on for 60 straight And when he comes on, particularly for the back end of the first half in that 15, 20-minute stint, I'd be getting him a lot of ball while he's fresh up against a few tiring forwards and edge players and that sort of thing. So I think it can work playing these gun back roles off the bench as a bit of an impact player. I don't hate it. I said I'd play him 80, but I can see what Holbrook's doing with it. Uh, It didn't work out for a few reasons on the weekend, but I don't think it's the worst move.
0: Yeah, and I also think that we've... We've still got a bit of an old-school mentality in rugby league of if you're benched, you're shit. Yeah. And it's not the reality of the situation anymore. Like, if you can get the most impact of a player for bringing them in at a certain moment, you know, he might get more out of that 60 minutes than he would out of the 80 minutes. I, I understand what Holbrook's doing. It's But it is tough when you've constantly got the million-dollar price tag shoved in your face and yeah. you're reminded. you know, it makes it hard. But um, I actually – I don't mind your idea, but I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, Shoot. Sure. Well, you know. I'll, uh, I'll get to it. Get to it. <laughs> what do you got, what
2: do you got Um I think last year, because he got moved to the bench at the back end of last year. And I remember the game he got moved to the bench, they won, and then they won their next three. So maybe Holbrook's got that in, in the back of his mind, that he can come on and kind of do a role and, you know, win. The, even though he didn't play great at the back end of last year, he, there was a couple of games where he came in and injected himself at the end. I think there was a game against Newcastle where he just tore him to shred. So maybe Holbrook's got that at the back of his mind. As for what my opinion is, I automatically just think he should start. But, I mean, if, if he can come off the bench after 20 minutes and absolutely kill it, then, then
3: why not? So I just want to read you the back rowers' numbers from the weekend. Uh, and this is no knock on them. I actually think people are overestimating what back rowers actually do in games. If you go actually look across the entirety of the NRL, most back rowers are around these numbers. Uh, one of the back rowers, 10 runs – uh, 109 meters. The other back row was four runs, 39 meters. Uh, if you go to the Melbourne Storm, who were, f- uh, was that this week or next week? Sorry, that was last week. Um, then if you go to this week, against, and this is against the Panthers as well, so obviously going to be slightly down. Then you go f- So that was last week. The two back rowers that went for feeder. This week, um, in 45 minutes, uh, four runs from one of the back rowers. Another one in 80 minutes 89 meters up with 10 runs if you go to the Melbourne storm this week their back rowers it was and this is the obviously the Melbourne storm the cream of the crop kafusi 12 runs 110 meters Bromwich 11 runs 71 meters now if you go back two weeks to the week that for was the worst player in their team according to some which is fair enough that's their opinion i disagree with it for feeder, fourteen runs, one hundred and thirty-one meters. So tell me, wh- what's going on here? Like, yes, he's yes, he is on a million dollars, and yes, he's not delivering one point two million dollars worth of value. Um, you know, you want, but that's not that's the Titans' fault for allocating that to a back rower. That is not his fault for allocating it. They should allocate that to their halves and their nines and maybe their one, but usually their halves. Um, so when you look at those numbers, you go, hang on a sec, this bloke's getting absolutely ridden to death. Now, if you wanted to sit there and discuss like, the quality of involvements or whatever, like okay, we can get into the nitty gritty of like, you know, certain effort areas that he needs to improve on. I would agree with you there. But when we're talking about how crazy it's gotten and you look at those numbers, you go, I don't think anyone reasonable could say the craziness uh, around this is warranted. Um, so as I said, do I think he needs to improve? Absolutely. That's why I'm going to give you my hot take soon. Uh, but I just wanted to read those numbers out so you could get like an understanding of like if you said to, if you took out Felice Kafusi and Bromwich's name and they were on 5600 six hundred k, people would people would say Felice Kafusi Bromwich worth 5600 six hundred k. And you said, yeah, they won. They run for about eighty meters a game and they take about ten runs and he took out their name people are like oh that's a bad game like that's they're doing nothing but then you put their name next to it you go yeah yeah but they make you know really good reads they're good in defence they're, they're not attacking players they're defending players in the game that Fafita got uh, smashed he actually I think he didn't miss any tackles and he made like 33 anyway so that out of the way I just wanted to put into context of what we're, actu- we're actually talking about take away the hyperbolic nature that, of media which is fine it's part of the game whatever I personally think my hot take put him in the front row start him in the front row or start him in the front row yeah just it forces him into the game and uh, he's big enough he's strong enough you put him in there he goes for 20 minutes if you don't start him you, you bring him on um in a 20 minute whatever it is and you get him you get him about 40 to 50 minutes of game time and you get everything you need to get out of him uh you get he, he's forced to be involved in the game because for feeder is mixed between two things like he after his game where he got crucified he'd be like what like i ran for the most meters of my team and like i did 14 hit ups like what else does people want so he would be caught between, and I've got to keep my withers as a wide running forward. I think put him in the front row and just get him in there to rip and tear for 20 minutes, get him off, then bring him back on for another 20 or 30 minutes, whatever it is, get him to rip and tear again and you just have his hands on the ball and say, mate, run, I want you to run until you're gassed and then we'll bring you straight off. That way on the bench, you've got your rotation sorted. You don't need to worry about him gassing on the edge because you don't have an edge player to fill up the um, position. Timmy, you see him, I don't know if you're all the way there with me yet, mate. What do you think? I'm not quite there. Yeah. But I'm just ticking over
4: my head a million miles an hour, working out how this <coughs> logistically would happen. So, yeah. so your idea is he'd start in the front row, you know, have a 25 minute stint, go off, get a breather, come back on for a second stint, and say the second half. Yeah. Also in the front row. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it. Uh, I think it's a bit of a dramatic response to a bloke who's been unbelievable on the edge for Mm. the last couple of years. I like the logic of getting him involved. I I thought you were maybe going to say, all right, for the first 15, 20 minutes, play him in the middle. Uh, He'd be awesome for the go forward. Like, Get involved in the game. Get him seven or eight runs early on and then shift him to an edge where he can get a bit of a breather and utilize there. I just think it's panicking a little bit. He's been so good for so long. I love... If he can get not even a one on one with a back row, if he can get a two one run, two on one with a bit of space on that edge, he just trounces them every time. He's not going to get that in the middle. It's a bit of a Tamalolo sort of thing, isn't it? Where you all right you'd like to see him running at smaller blokes, but in the middle that the go forward he
3: produces for the Cowboys is massive. Well that's that's I, that the way I see it is is so Cotter and Tamalolo. Ta Tamalolo is named at thirteen, but he's basically a front rower. And so I think like you play that role like if Cotter mm. can get the go for what he's getting imagine what Fafida could do running it fucking straight and hard constantly mm. But oh, I, I, anyway, I, just, I
4: really want to see it like you've got me intrigued now at what yeah. uh, Fafida would do as a middle I personally wouldn't do it um, but you know as I said maybe it is the first 10-15 minutes of a game just to get his head in the game get him going early but I do think it's not, I don't think his form has been that bad as you said he he scores these ridiculous tries and sets up like, these ridiculous tries that it becomes the benchmark. So then, if there's a week where he doesn't run over eight blokes and slam down in the corner, like a ah, yeah. bad week for. What Dan did Fafita. what did to do this week? Um, but personally, I, I think that not your response, but I think the the response from people saying Fifi's down on form and this is just a little bit over the top. And like and just the problem though is
3: like his coach slam. has moved him twice in two yep. weeks, so clearly he thinks something needs changing you know what yeah, I mean yeah yeah yeah. I, I would have kept him on the edge there mm. I, I actually thought he was doing alright but the coach sees something that where you know he, he well, his, sure. po- his post-match press conference was basically saying he feels like if Fafita plays 80 minutes he, he he doesn't want him on there doing shit work and getting tired he'd rather bring him on 60 and have a quality 60 minutes mm. um, which is fine yeah yeah but I see your point too like if you move him into the middle for the whole game, you're losing a weapon on the edge that has won them games so many times. Yeah. So, you're you know weakening an edge to 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 um, make the middle. Another part of it as well that I'm thinking is, i was speaking to Matty Johns about it uh, before the show on the, on Friday, and I was like, mate, I, I really think that they need to move Fafita into the front row just to get him in there and get him through work. And he just has to he has to work. Then, like, if he doesn't work he just won't be playing first grade pretty much and Maddie was like you know what's crazy about like he thought it was a, a decent idea he said you know what's crazy about that Dan, is that when I got moved to hooker it made me appreciate being a six so much more yeah. because I had to do all the shit work and maybe that is something with the feeder is if you get him in the middle for a few games or even for the first 20 mm. I actually like that and then maybe move him out or take him off for 10 move him out at the edge um it'll make him go oh okay you know what like I am get a bit of feel for the game and like I don't want to be in the middle so I'm going to do a million runs on the edge um, what were you going to say sorry
4: I was just going to touch on you also have to have the right bloke replacing him on the edge so they brought Kevin Proctor on as the starter who I think is in his heyday probably the twilight of his career he is and I don't think there's a lot out of him in his defence, I thought he was quite good on the weekend, Kevin Proctor. He had a couple of good little touches. There. I think he might have thrown a shortboard, AJ Brimson. But I look at Parramatta where I think Ryan Madison one of the, or he is one of the premier edge back rows in the comp. They've dropped him sort of to the bench, and he's coming on playing as a middle in this, basically what we're talking about with Dave Fafita, yep. because they've got Sean Lane, who's in awesome form, because they've got Isaiah Papaliou playing on the edge, who's one of the best back roles in the comp. Um, so they've got the cattle to do it. <coughs> do the Titans become a better outfit with Fafita in the middle, even if it works, if it means playing Kevin Proctor in a big-minute edge role? I'm not convinced, but...
3: another another part of it as well is like if you move for feeder into the middle I'm getting a bit concerned that Tino is being forced to get through too much shit work Mm. we have to remember when Tino came to the club he was a game breaker like for Melbourne Storm he would come off the bench and be a huge reason they won that premiership we're not seeing Tino be allowed to be put in those positions like getting short balls hitting in in shoulders on one player he's just getting through all the dog work which is great as a captain but I even think like with Jake Dvojevic part of me feels like he's been forced into a role that you're actually missing part of Jake Revoy's game which is incredible soft hands and I think with Tino if you move for Feeder into the middle it gives you that kind of x factor and hard running and it may release Tino a bit to be a bit more on the edges and ball play but again this is all just experimental this is all just mm. like maybe maybe not uh, I think it'd be good to just, even if it was a game or two, just to see how it would go. What do you think, Gurina?
0: Yeah, I, I like it from the fact that I watch the Titans, and you know, Fafita might have 14 carries, but I quite often think they don't put him in the best position. Yeah. A lot of the time, and I quite and then I watch him pick the ball up from dummy half, 30 meters out, and just go us 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 and score. <clears> and you're like, <throat> fuck, you're better off not trying to outthink the room of where to get in the ball and just get him the ball.
3: Yeah. That's just what I get think.
0: him the ball through the middle. I also think that you know and I, I i don't mind using him as a front rower i wouldn't mind bringing him off the bench and Literally giving him a jersey number on the week And I would have said You need to go at Cleary yeah. You need to attack this spot on the field Yeah, And like I think every week you could, you could watch the first 20 minutes See where the Titans are getting on the front foot And just put David Fafita there Yeah, If there's a worried spot there Just go at that spot you trust spot. their
3: halves though to, to go at that spot? <clears throat>
0: no I don't But I don't trust them to get Fafita The, the right ball at second yeah. row Which we're seeing isn't happening regardless This is the thing that they have got a young spine of halves that they're still learning the game. Yeah. yeah, And that's their, their reality. It's And, you know, it sounds so easy just to give the ball yeah. to the second rowers, but you need to be getting that ready three plays before. Yeah. Your three yeah. plays before that need to go in the right direction. If someone offloads and someone goes in a di- different direction, mm. for those young halves, they then have to adjust. And that's sort of where they struggle yeah. a little bit for me. So I agree. Oh, I think they need to... And I, and I hate saying get him more involved, but I just think they need to get him more ball, yeah, and as much ball as possible. Yep. The old, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Just get him the ball and just let him go play off the back
3: that's, of that's it. That's what I'm thinking with the front row move. Is like he doesn't really have to worry about getting the ball off a half yeah. anymore, so he doesn't have to be like, "Get me the ball, get me the ball." He can just go hooker, bro. My fucking run, I'm in behind the ruck. Like, just all seam ahead. Uh, and it simplifies his game so much that he doesn't have to worry about anyone else fucking making plays for him or whatever. Um, I think it's worth at least a try because it cl- clearly Holbrook is unsure as to how to use this guy. Uh, what do you reckon, Matty? I'll give you a like for like.
2: Um, so, Tal Malolo came off the bench and was playing second row for the first three years of his career. Yeah. And then in 2015, when he was the same same age as Fafita is now, um, they moved into the middle. And we all know what happened in 2015. The Cowboys went on. Tal Malolo became the best fought yeah. in the game and, and was forced
3: for, him to work too. That yeah. was the thing with Tamil at his career. You're like, some games you are sitting there going, Holy fuck. Get him in the middle, it's like, mate, you mm. have to work. Yeah. Like you have to work.
2: And just to back up your point, Guru, before and, and you too Danon, um I heard Joey Johns actually say that it's the halves' job to get the ball to Fafida. And to it's not Fafida's job to say here, give me the ball here. It's the halves' job to say to tell the where to go. Absolutely. And he, he just said, like you guys did, that they're just not experienced enough to do that. So maybe a move to the middle alleviates all that for now, even for for a year or so, um, just, yeah, to, to get him more ball.
0: If you watch the way that the Warriors use Adam Finnell Blake at the moment, mm-hmm. they've done it a few times this year where they have him... They, like, and Sean Johnson literally just grabs his jersey and says, yeah. "Get here!" And he puts him on. Like if 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 Tim's AFB, you see Sean Johnson get the ball. The ball's never going to him. The ball's going to the next man. Yeah. But there's just always eyes on AFB. Like Fafita is as dangerous with the ball as he is without it.
3: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: And if you have him around the middle, and this is where, um, you know, if you did have a, a, a real sort of running nine to be able to utilize him as well, yeah. it could be super damaging. I. I don't mind it. Another,
4: another, blo- sorry, mate. Another, oh, you go. Another bloke. Uh, who I, was, I was trying to think of someone. I'm like, there's another one there who got moved from an edge to a middle, which I didn't like at the time. I but you going to say, Josh Papali? Yep. Josh Papali. I was against. He played back row a lot in his younger days. Unbelievable. And I loved him there
3: because Played of his... Played Queensland, I think, back row yeah, as
4: well. It, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was the starting back row for of Queensland for many years. Uh, and then he got moved to the middle. And thinking, oh, I just love his um, late footwork at the line, getting his one-on-ones, as we spoke about with feeder Went to the middle, I'm thinking, oh, this, it's going to be a waste of him there. But it wasn't, obviously. Yeah, obviously like, yeah. The last four or five years, he's been a middle uh, forward for the Raiders for, at origin <laughs> level. And it's worked, and look, let's be fair, between Tam Lolo, Fafida, Josh Papali, they're pretty similar players, aren't they? And it is that bit of late footwork at the line that makes them so destructive, and just the go-forward off the back of it is relentless, because they always get a quick play of the ball, yep. And which makes you think, yeah, maybe the Fafida move to the middle could work. I really want to see it now that you've brought it up. Yep. Still don't necessarily agree with it, but... God, it's got to be worth a try. No?
3: Yeah, I just think it's worth a try. Like, I'm not sitting here saying I'm to fucking die on this hill and, like, you know, if he goes out there and he doesn't <laughs> do any work and he barely tackles and he doesn't have the fitness for it. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, you bring him on and you play him, you know, 30, like, 25 minutes, get him off before half time. So you've, then you give him, like, what, a 20-minute rest? You give Dave Fafita a 20-minute rest mm. to come back on? Fuck me dead. Like, in the middle and then you play him for his – you just say, mate, second half, you go out there. you just go until you're fucked and we have a guy on the bench ready to replace you. I reckon, I don't know, I reckon it's worth a shot. Can I ask for feeder? we're hearing he's out for about four weeks. Yeah. That'll
0: take him to round 12, Origins round 13. Mm. Does he play Origin this year? I don't
3: think so. No. Nope. I don't think so. Um, he needs, he's, he's a guy I feel needs game fitness. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think you put him in your squad absolutely if he's got game fitness, Re- even almost regardless of form because he is that <clears throat> game breaker. You bring him on in Origin off the bench and you, you know, he mm. explodes the game apart um yeah look i think like this year queensland's forward pack it really does seem to be filling out like i don't think tino's going to be playing 13. i think he'll be playing in the front row and i think you'll probably have either carrigan at 13 or your man cotter um and then you've got like you've got he could play 14 or brimo could play 14. so their forward pack you've also got papali uh, you've got I think Molo Is eligible for yep, Queensland He played last and year And he played, he, he played uh, He's been playing Some really good footy yep. uh, I'm sure I'm missing A bunch of different players Like you've got Confuci, Um You know what I mean So like I just want to see I would probably want to see More than one game Probably If Fafida Is back from injury Before origin He plays
0: Brisbane On the Friday night yeah, For the wow. team
3: selected Wow <laughs> <laughs> I mean look If he goes out And kills it then he, And he gets through You know 60 minutes You'd think, okay, maybe we bring him on the bench. I don't think you start him. Yep. Um, but I, it, I, it's one of those things where you just got to see. I think you've got to see where is his head at, where is his fitness at. Uh, what do you think, Timmy?
4: Yeah, mate. If he came back and played one game, um, I'm picking him every day of the week. It, not necessarily in a starting back row role, yep. but maybe you know, not too off cuff to what we were just talking about, but mate, if he comes off the bench a little bit underdone and plays 25 minutes in the middle or on an edge or whatever, as I said, you don't have, don't have to overthink playing in the middle. It's not a massive move. You go yeah. out there and you make tackles <laughs> and you run hard. Mm. Um, like, if he doesn't play a game, maybe that's pushing it, but if he gets that game against Brisbane in before it in round 12,
0: uh, absolutely, I'm picking him. Yep. If he was fit and Origin was picked tomorrow, would you pick him in your 17?
3: Yeah, yeah. For would sure. you start him? Wouldn't start him, now. No, okay. Yep. I, I, th- I just think for Origin and the speed at which it is played, yep. I think he's really good to bring off the bench and yep. just fucking battering around through the middle. I think you get your grunts out there. To, that first 20 minutes is all about withstanding. It's why I was a little bit surprised that, you know, Paul Green didn't decide to bring Marnie in, start Marnie, get him through the shit work, and then you bring Harry Grant on uh, to, yep. to, to, to blow the game apart. Do I, but I think Harry Grant's game has developed since then, so I think that he's probably ready to start now. Um, in you know maybe Ben Hunt does, uh, but Feeder absolutely is in my fucking seventeen. Like fuck, he is too too dangerous not to keep him there. But I, in regards to if he's injured and he plays one game, just want to see how he looks, where his head's at. It's more just about his head, like where is his head at? Yeah. Because um, the worst thing is, is like you don't want a feeder whose head's not in the game, or well, not head is not in the game. But let's say his injury is still like a bit making him a bit hesitant, doesn't get through much work, you're almost losing, like you'd rather just get a, a workhorse in to, to get through their work and wait until for feeder is ready to go. But for feeder, healthy, happy, playing footy, he's in your 17 every fucking day of the week, in my opinion. What do you reckon, Matty?
2: I think as well, because the Queensland have a new coach. Um, he, he'll be less inclined to risk bringing someone back after having no game time. Like, for example, if Cam Murray got injured this week and was fit on the day of origin, Freddie would pick him. That's... Well,
3: it's weird to fucking say this, like, uh, I spoke to the assistant coach, Cam Smith. <laughs> it's so fucking weird to say this. And one of the things he was saying was, like, I, they feel that last year, they, he feels anyway, and he's not a selector, guys, he's just an assistant coach, uh, but he felt that there was a lot of players underdone in that first game, and that really affected mm. – that's why New South Wales blew them off the park, because you've got a bunch of key players that, like, aren't ready for the speed, aren't ready for the game. And so I do think that gonna play into their um, decisions of like having, you know, a battle-hardened team that is ready to fucking rip and tear. Uh, and unless you are a player like, you know, like, he, like even you have to remember, like I know Munster had an incredible 2020 origin, but that first game Munster was underdone as shit. Like, yeah. and so was Harry Grant, cause they were both injured for like six weeks. Mm. Uh, and that's Munster. We're talking about one of the best origin players of this generation. Like he turns up for origins. Uh, No, don't get me wrong. He got better as the series went on. Um, Well, I mean, all of Queensland, sorry, got better as the series went on. But, yeah, interesting topic. I think it's worth giving it a crack. It just forces him to work. It also removes any, like, thought in his head of, like, I've got to keep my width. I've got to wait for the half to give me the ball. It's like, no, there's none of that anymore. It's just, bro, every time you want the ball, you just take it. Have a hit up.